It's that time every every fortnight where Tanya, our resident sexologist, comes in. And last episode, we talked about Tumblr's bid to ban porn from its site. Uh, this week, Tanya is going to be telling us about how we can get off to adult content in the most ethical way. Like, do you have to tell your partner? How do you know if the adult actors are treated well? Let's take a listen to when Bridie had a conversation. What are some of the main ethical issues to do with porn consumption? Oh, that's a, a broad and wide question, Bridie. Most porn is made with a sort of white cis male gaze. And what that means is we're getting fed standardised bodies and standardised sexual acts that tend to pigeonhole sex and sexuality in a certain way. In in these sort of mainstream porn uh, portals, there are various categories, but they tend to follow hegemonic beauty standards and they feature either unrealistic bodies or a particular type of body. So it's not appreciating that people can look different from everyone you see on TV or in magazines and still be absolutely beautiful and stunning. Mainstream porn, there's not really a diversity of bodies. Race is only depicted in a fetishised form. Um, sex is focused on male pleasure. There's very little shown on consent uh, or female pleasure, right? So when you look at that, it's kind of like, wow, there's a whole lot of stuff that we're missing out on here when we go looking at mainstream porn. And um, did you know that censorship laws in the UK and Australia, it's not okay to show women ejaculating because the viewers can't tell if it's pee or not. That's the rationale. And it's not okay to show a woman sitting on the face of another person. Yet it's absolutely fine to show violent face fucking for or multiple men ejaculating onto a person's face. So I think that these are a bit sexist and not equal. And I really, I struggle to understand why we're censoring out female pleasure. So there's the ethical issue of men consuming porn and how that sort of maybe warping their mind a little bit. Well, yeah, and then people think because they saw it on porn that it's real. I, I can't begin to tell you how many people come into my office and they're having difficulties attempting something that they saw on porn and they have no idea that there are things called fluffers where people behind the scenes get people's bodies ready to do the sexual acts that are being filmed. For example, anal sex. If I'm coaching people in how to do that well and without pain and with all sorts of good things happening, I would tell them to allow at least an hour, not flip your partner over and have a crack at it. That's not a good idea. Pardon the pun. How many times have we had to go over this on this show? Um, So what about other ethical issues? Like if one person's watching porn and keeping that a secret from their partner, is there sort of ethical stuff going on there? Yeah, um, there's... It's another really popular question that comes into my practice. Um, I think people's porn consumption is a personal thing, right? We have three parts to us. We have the public part, which is what the world sees. We have the private part, which is what people close to you do. For example, the public part might be like, hey, you know, um, I'm Bridie and I have a partner and everybody knows me and my partner as this. And the private part is you and your partner know special things that get each other off or or that you'd like to do for each other. And the personal part uh, of us is what goes on in the murky depths of our brain. For example, fantasies or the type of porn that we like to use. And I think that there's a, a, a problem in that people think today in relationships you need to be 100% transparent, no secrets kept. Um, but I think... That's a bit of a fairy tale because in fairy tales, you know, couples have one mind and there's no difference of opinion. They never fight. 
Um, but in real life, you know, people can be a little bit surprised about the things that we like or that turn us on. And it's absolutely okay to keep our sexual proclivities to ourselves. We don't have to be out loud and proud about everything that we do. It's a very private thing. Right, but it's understandable if you uh, were to catch your partner consuming porn um, quite frequently or something you didn't know about that someone might be a bit upset or a bit hurt by that. Yep, um, that's a common misconception that you prefer the porn over having sex with me. And, you know, that's going to poke on our insecurities, isn't it? It's like, hey, man, we're not having enough sex or any sex, and then I see you looking at porn. This is upsetting for me. Um, I think it's it's also for women catching male partners looking at porn, there's so much loaded in society that they get kind of put on them that there's, you know, it can trigger concerns about their body images. It can make them feel as if they need to compete or compare themselves with the, the bodies that they're seeing in porn. Um, they believe that they've got to be just as sexy and just as orgasmic uh, and just as sexually open as the women that they're seeing in porn. They've also been told that they need to worry about porn performers being taken advantage of or sex trafficked or coming from an abused background. Um, women worry a lot about social judgment, whether people find out, what if people find out about their porn use or their partner's porn use. And then if you don't reject porn, then you can be seen as slutty. There's real double standards around. Um, they, and then they worry about becoming pornified in the bedroom, like their partner, for example, wanting anal sex all the time or things that they're seeing in porn. So they, they fear that the interest in porn means that their partner doesn't love them and doesn't desire them like a princess, and that means you're not going to live happily ever after. There's a lot of myths around this. I like to talk to people and say, you know, view it as a separate sexual activity. It's part of a repertoire, but it's a totally separate activity to what you do with your partner. This is something your partner's doing alone. It has a separate box in their, their head, and they don't overlap. They're not comparing you to the porn. I, I'll you know, speak in front of the partner and say, do you compare your partner to the porn? And like, no, hell no. I'm just, you know, having a wank or doing this or fantasizing or I'm bored. A lot of people look at porn to fill time because they're bored. Um, having a wank, as you put it, <laughs> seems to be sort of considered to be second rate to having actual sex, I yeah. feel like, in a general sense. Can you explain as to why that might be and if it's necessarily the case? Yeah. I think a lot of people think that sex on your own can't be as good as sex with a partner, and I beg to differ with that. I think each of them can be totally majestic, and each of them can be pretty average as well, right? So it's a really fulfilling way of discovering your own sexuality. So this is masturbation. And a lot of people get ideas from porn or that helps them fantasize and stay aroused a lot of people think about um fantasies or things that they've seen on porn while they're having sex because our brain is our largest sexual organ so uh it can you know it can be a quick and fast release but so can sex with a partner you know um so it's not always sometimes porn can be a beautiful loving ecstatic experience with yourself um, if you're doing a bit of edging or you're exploring things or you're imagining yourself in that way, it can be really lovely and that's your thing that you're doing with you. You can also have fantastic sex like that with your partner, but one doesn't cancel out the other. I like to view them as a spectrum of things that we can incorporate in our day and it's re- or in our lives, I should say, in our day. Hmm. Um, but also, you know, for partners, if you find your partner masturbating to porn be a little curious about that like hey how's that going you know are you okay if I ask you about that Uh, are you feeling comfortable about that if you think that sex isn't on the agenda as much with you 
then talk about that because sometimes it can be easier to go and knock one out looking at porn than it can be to engage with our partner. We might be fighting, we might be having sexual difficulties, we might not understand each other's arousal systems. So if you want a quick release, then it's pretty handy. This is Let's Talk About Sex with Tanya Cohns. And when we come back, we'll be talking about desensitisation to porn and where you can find the best Australian-made and international ethical porn. Right now I'm going to take a single out of Melbourne. This one's from Darcy Bayliss, I Dream of You. If you're looking to have an ethical Christmas, don't forget your porn habits. FBI's resident sexologist Tanya Coons caught up with Bridie to tell us where we can find the best ethical porn, but first a quick word on desensitisation. Tanya, does watching too much porn mess up your brain? Oh, mess up is a a strong word. Um, I think it's true that if you watch a lot of porn, you can change your biological set point for arousal. So what that means is, you know, the longer you watch it, I I think people tend to go down a bit of a porn rabbit hole. Um, So it's like, oh, just start looking at this. Oh, maybe about this. Oh, here's another link. Oh, here's something else. And before you know it, quite a lot of time has gone by. So for some people, it can be quite dissociative. You know, they're just looking and looking and looking and they're not really paying attention. They're almost checked out. Um, For other people, it can change the way that they masturbate. Um, and, and particularly in guys, this, there's um, research shows and it's related to uh, a thing called delayed ejaculation, which is an inability to have an orgasm. Um, and there's a social commentator, Dan Savage, who has um, coined the term death grip. So people who often look at a lot of porn will hold their genitals quite tightly and then they'll use a lot of friction, right? So if you think of a really tight grip and a lot of friction, that's great if you're on your own and you're masturbating and you know that that gets you off. But then you've trained your body to get off that way and it's quite difficult to match that when you get with a soft, squishy, real-life human being. You're going to knock them into the headboard pretty much, you know, not comfortable for them. Uh, So people then have a problem with um, being able to ejaculate. Usually when people come and see me, they will teach them different ways to masturbate and different ways to sensitise their body. So you can resensitize. Yeah, you totally can. You can take, So you can raise your biological set point, but you can also bring it down. That's good uh, Yeah, so I do a thing called porn yoga with people. It's kind of like orgasmic yoga, except it's about looking at porn. And I get people to stand up instead of sitting or lying down. And I get them to be very aware of their breath and their body. And for 10 seconds in every minute, they need to look away from the screen Mm. and engage with their body in some way. It might be like slapping their thighs or their bottom or just wiggling around or touching in some way that's not the genitals. And then they can go back and look at porn. So it's like, come back to reality, go and have a look at the porn. Come back to reality, go look at the porn. Okay, so let's get into uh, sourcing ethical pornos. How, yeah. can, how can someone start to get into this world if they're used to just going to your go-to sites? You can actually do very simple things like Google ethical porn or feminist porn as well. Ethical porn is porn that's generated in a fair manner, right? So it, it, it shows that or you, you should be able to find out that the performers are paid a reasonable salary and that they're treated with care and esteem, right? That, that their approval and their security and their well-being are vital in the production of the film. So you can do a little bit of reading. There are some sites, and towards the end of this segment, I'll run through some of them for you. Feminist pornography refers to a genre of film that was dedicated to equaling gender. Uh, so it was created for the purposes of encouraging women and their self-beliefs of freedom through sexuality and pleasure. 
So it will show scenes of negotiation. It will show scenes of female pleasure. It will show different body types. It will show consent. It will show marginalised groups. Uh, and it's not going to make a big deal about it. It's just all presented as if that's normal because it is. It seeks to kind of expand the ideas about desire and beauty and gratification and even power by unconventional representations and aesthetics compared to what we see in normal porn. So what's an example of an unconventional aesthetic? Um, so you might see larger-bodied women having a great time. Uh, it might be girl on girl. It might be um, a, a guy and a girl. It might be a small guy and a large girl. Yeah, It might be showing women um, having pleasure, squirting. For example, often it, it's either fetishized or it's edited right out. It might be showing women having orgasms because that's very rare in mainstream porn. And it doesn't sort of shoehorn into one particular style. Cause I do a porn audit every six months just to see what's out there in the mainstream porn and I find it pretty depressing yeah. because it's kind of, you know, like get get a person and try and do as many things to as many holes as possible and it just looks so harsh and not caring, not loving and certainly not pleasurable for the female actors even though they they are making all the right sounds that they're having a good time and when you look at feminist porn it's super duper sexy uh, and everybody's having a great time there's lots of laughing which I find great because sex is not that serious a business you know it's meant to be fun and have a good time and yeah you see people talking and negotiating like this would be okay that you know no no let's not do that so it normalizes talking about sex because so many of us are afraid to talk about or to negotiate for what we want now do you pay the price to see feminist porn generally is it does it cost money uh and is that a deterrent for people yes and yes it can be but you know it's like anything when people are shopping ethically they pay a little bit more mm. and i think it's really worthwhile supporting your um, ethical pornographers we have some here in australia we have anna brownfield and morgana muses uh, they put out quite a lot of stuff they um they use older people uh different shapes and sizes there's Sensate Films with Gala Vanting and Arben Frey. They make slow porn, um, which is really quite delicious. And they did five small BDSM vignettes under the name of Love Hard. So people are interested in looking at BDSM. They're kind of part documentary, part um, sexy scenes. Brightdesire.com shows all types of bodies and relationships having sex. And some of the actors themselves are in relationship already. So you get a little bit of a backstory about who they are and how they came together and to be filming this scene. So they're, they're the sort of Australian places that you can look. Uh, what else? Beautiful Agony. This, this is the face of Le Petit Mort, so the face of people's orgasms. Okay. And they have all sorts of categories, male, female, non-binary, friends, couples. So you can go and have a watch people's faces as they have an orgasm it's very erotic what other ethical porn sites can you recommend there's uh, pornographiclove.com that's uh, one couple that put up films of themselves having different sexual experiences that's quite cute there's ifeelmyself.com that's real women having real orgasms and it's kind of a cross between erotica and pornography mm -hmm. and then the sort of mirror to that is gentleman handling which is male sexual pleasure and male masturbation and there's MsNaughty.com, which is a porn portal for women. So you go there to find different yeah. websites. Yeah, and then you've got Crashpad. They do queer porn, and so does Indie Porn Revolution. 
Amazing. They also do queer porn. So there's a lot of stuff out there. And that's this is just a little toe-in. I think once you have a look around in those sites, you'll find other links. You know, you can go down that rabbit hole in a very ethical way. We love it. Thank you so much <laughs> for giving us all those options and talking us through ethical porn, Tanya Coons. Great. Merry Christmas, Friday. Merry Christmas. <laughs>